Hey everyone, Chris here from It Was All A Stream. Disney Investor Day came and went last week, which was basically a giant announcement dump for everything Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel. Uh, we decided that the event was deserving of a special edition mega episode from us. After recording for about two and a half hours, we kind of realized it might be better to break up the episode into parts, uh, so it would be easier for you guys to jump into uh, which areas most interest you. So, this is part one of four of that podcast where we discuss what's new for Hulu and FX. We are back. Hello, everybody. We have a very special episode of It Was All a Stream for you. I'm Chris Sachs, back again with my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back. We are back early this week, too. Emergency session. We needed to do a special edition emergency pod because of all of the insanity that occurred at the uh, Disney Investor Day, which, if you can believe it, that that's a that was a big announcement day. Somehow, they yes. turned it almost into like, you know how they do every year, like D twenty three or whatever that's it is. Right, yeah. Yep. Where it's like their big conference and they do all their major announcements. That was this this time because they needed to be like, I guess, to their investors. Listen. We're fine. We're fine. We're going to be all right. But we're going to impress the, the pants off you with yeah. all of this stuff. So, As if there was even a chance that they wouldn't be okay. But yeah. Right? So we have updates for Hulu. Hulu. We have updates for FX on Hulu. Word. We have updates for Disney Plus Originals. We have updates for Disney Pictures. We have updates for Pixar and updates for Disney Animation. And most importantly to myself and my co-host, we have major announcements about Star Wars Universe and Lucasfilm and Marvel and the MCU. It's for reals. I'm excited. There's much to digest. I also loved how they introduced it all too. It was like, what's his name? Every time he would deliver an Apple, the new iPhone. Yes. Steve Jobs, Jobbies. He'd it come was, out, he stood on stage. Mm -hmm. It was very Apple-like. Okay, so I'm glad that you watched too. Because yes. I sat and I watched the entire thing and took a lot of notes. And I was just saying to you, like my notes... It seems like because I have notes, this is going to be very structured, but it's not. We're like semi-winging it right now. So I think what we're going to do, because there is so much information, obviously we're going to spend a lot of time on the Star Wars and Marvel stuff specifically, but I, I want to cover everything that they covered in this conference and everything that these guys revealed because it really was like streaming heavy with all of their announcements, almost Definitely. everything related to 
a streaming platform, whether that be Hulu or Disney plus. Um, so listen, if Neil, I'm going to kind of leave it up to you a little bit with the outside star Wars and Marvel stuff, where okay. if you feel like we don't have much to talk about with, with the things that I bring up, then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll move on to the next thing so that All we right. could kind of breeze through this a little bit quicker because this is dense. There's a lot of stuff. Um, So I'm going to go in order of how they held the conference. So starting off, they revealed uh, their Hulu-specific shows. The first reveal being a little teaser. And what was weird, too, during this, sorry, I'm, like, going on a little tangent, is during the conference, there were times where, like, they said, and now I'm going to flip to a teaser – or or whatever or a like highlight reel or something and then us streaming it would get like a two the conference will will resume in two minutes where like it's like oh what happened and apparently they were just showing like actual investors and not (laughs) everyone so like the one that i'm gonna bring up i think had a teaser but like we didn't get to see it so the first new show coming to hulu is called only murders in the building it stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Um, the show surrounds three strangers who share an obsession with true crime and suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one. When a murder occurs in their NYC apartment building, they're forced to work together to figure out what happened. This is an amazing And maybe thing. we do a little watch. Are you going to watch it, skip it, or add it to the watch list i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it in the first run i'm gonna roll with it i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna do the whole thing look martin steve martin and martin short together again uh obviously everyone's gonna go back to uh, the three amigos and you know those two actors are still viable chevy chase not so much um the third amigo but also one of my personal favorite interactions between the two of them are, is the father of the bride movies one and two like that. They are so funny together. And Martin short is a treasure. Like he really just can do it all. So I'm, I'm ready. I think this is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for this as well, especially like, obviously that pairing is like a classic pairing and they love working together. Um, And I kind of hope with this having like a mystery murder mystery vibe that we almost get a little bit of a um, atmosphere like we got with like the old Abbott and Costello movies. Yeah. That would be kind of cool, you know? Um, So yeah, I'm in Um, next show. It's called The Dropout. It stars Kate McKinnon, and she plays the con artist Elizabeth Holmes. I guess there, there might have been a documentary series that came out about her. Um, right. She was an American businesswoman who founded and was the CEO of a company called Theranos, a now defunct health technology company. Um, I'm going to put it on the watch list. She's really funny. I like what she does. She's better when she's in um, sketch comedy like Saturday Night Live. She is funny when they put her in movies, but not really a strong enough lead yet. Um, She was in that one with Mila Kunis where they were kind of on the run. It was a hitman type situation. She was funny, but that movie kind of died. Like she just, she's not there yet. So all the stuff she's been in hasn't really popped like, 
you hope it would. Um, so I'm putting it on the watch list because I want to support her. But that whole concept is a little dry for me. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the watch list as well. I think it could be interesting if they do put like a comedic twist to this. And mm. just the fact that even if they don't, she's such a good impressionist. Yes. That it, it, I'm interested to see her actually playing a real person um, in something a little bit more dramatic. So True. And, and it'd be to cool see to see if she's got the charisma to, to carry a film. Exactly. Carry a, you know. Um, Dope Sick focuses on the epicenter of America's struggle with opioid addiction across the U.S. Starring Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, and Peter Skarsgård. I'm going to tell you, I was out on this until you said the words Michael Keaton. Right. And I'll tell you why. Not just because I think he's a national treasure, but Michael Keaton um, starred in a movie called uh, Clean and Sober. Starred in a movie called Clean and Sober alongside, um, I think it was Morgan Freeman. Yep. And he was tremendous. What is freaky? So uh, long story short, clean and sober, just like the name uh, suggests, has to do with drug addiction. He's a drug addict. He goes into this facility, the kind of facility that doesn't really exist anymore. It's a very 80s, early 90s type movie, but goes into one of those facilities and then kind of finds himself and comes to terms. He, he gives such an amazing and serious performance from an actor who just prior to that movie was only known for comedy right night shift um mr mom but it was that movie which is strange that made tim burton cast him as batman because oh. he was like michael keaton's got crazy eyes he can be he he might be like a crazy person and i guess to dress up as batman you have to be either way it all worked so to put him in a movie it is a movie right not a series no the, these are all hulu original series Oh, series. Apologize. Yes. So this is a series. Now it's going to be, it's not a docu docu series where he's like lending his celebrity. This is a no, character. No, this is these are characters because we've got Rosario Dawson in it as well, um, and Peter Skarsgård. Well, then I'm totally watching it. He's going to be amazing. Um, I am going to. I'll add it to the watch list too for Michael Keaton. It sounds a little like dour. A little it down. does sound a little so, dour. Like, but... You know, it, it depends. This, this is going to be a watch list thing because I tend to rather watch like the up. There's only so much like sad, serious Sadness TV that I could good. watch, you know? Um, lastly, the newest show for Hulu, there's uh, nine perfect strangers starring Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, and Regina Hall, uh, based on the Big Little Lies author uh, Leanne Moriarty's latest book. The series takes place at a boutique health and wellness resort that promises healing and transformation as nine stressed city dwellers try to get on a path to a better way of living. Huh. This is definitely deep in my watch list. Um, Melissa McCarthy, I want to be there for her. She's kind of slipped. She had her moment, but she's a little slipping for me right now. Um, 
Nicole Kidman? Eh. Have yeah. we not? Have we, have, have we, aren't we past this now? And uh, like, I just don't know. I don't know. It's not, not, not ringing a bell for me. Yeah, I, this is a little outside of our uh, demographic, I think. This is, yeah, here, especially like B- Big Little Lies. I did watch Big Little Lies season one and it was, it was pretty good, um, but it's definitely more geared towards the opposite. Uh, yeah. To, to, to women and, you know, and, and, and the like. So. And the like. You know, it's probably a skip for me. I, I, I doubt yeah. I watch it unless I hear good things. Um, and then just quickly, we don't have to go over. Uh, there's the re- they confirmed um, a couple shows returning. Uh, Rami, which has won an Emmy. Um, okay. The Great and Handsmaid's Tale, which now is coming back with the season four and season five has been ordered. Um, I only know one of the three. I only am aware of Handmaid's Tale and I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet either. I hear really good things about Rami. Um, and then the great I had heard of, but I, I don't know. That's, that's like an old school. Um, I, I don't know how to, you know, like the, the English drama where like they're at old school where they're wearing all the makeup and the, you know, yeah the big dresses and the whole thing one of those um anyways i can do without that moving on to fx so we have confirmed their shows returning and all of these shows are come up on hulu as well right. the next day so we've got returning in 2021 with new seasons atlanta american horror story Dave, What We Do in the Shadows, Mayans, Better Things, Snowfall, and Archer. On top of that, this is the big one for you and I, although there's a lot of really good shows sprinkled into what I just named. Yeah. The biggest announcement is that not only are we getting a new season of Always Sunny, we are getting four more seasons of always sunny brings it to season 18 which would be four seasons longer than the live action tv record holder do you know who that record record holder is i i did i did it was the 1950s show wasn't it it was like uh oh and they said it during the presentation i know and i'm blanking on it. it's not father's and it was best it's Something along those lines. What is it? What's the record holder? Ozzy and Harriet. Ah, Ozzy and Harriet. I knew it. Which I've heard I'm of that so show, but I know this. nothing about it outside of the yeah the title. Um, it is. Uh, I'm excited about this. So, of all the things you've mentioned, I'm going to comment on only two. I'm going to comment on Always Sunny Philadelphia and Archer. Um, Archer's tremendous. It oh, is yeah. tremendous. Um, they need to keep that going. It's so much fun. I've waited so long for the next one to come out. Uh, the space season was not as great as I wanted it to be, but the season after is kind of getting back into the groove. Always sunny in Philadelphia. I have never been dissatisfied with an episode. I haven't loved every episode, but I've never w- turned it on and been like, ah, and changed the channel. I have enjoyed 
everything they've done on screen for all four seasons. And it's hard to say that about a lot of TV shows. And Always Sunny isn't my favorite. Like I have a favorite TV show, several favorites, but, but I can say of my favorite shows, I've turned them off on occasion. I've been like, ah, that episode, you know, I'm good. Or I've seen that before, or this and that. The thing that Always Sunny has going for it is, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but it's not a 22 episode season. That helps. That helps. That helps. Yeah. But still, you know, now they, it's going to be interesting to see how many episodes they end up making because really nowadays, 22 episode, 25 episode seasons don't really happen anymore. They don't, but like, it, and they were a little early to it, not doing it as a comedy because most comedies yeah. always did 20 plus. Sure. They were kind of the originators of, oh, we're a comedy, and, but we're yeah. only going to do we're, 13. We're not in a place now where, you know, the attention span lends itself to 22 episodes at 45 minutes a piece and all that. Yeah. But credit to those shows that did that and were awesome. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's tough you know, to do that many episodes a season like correct i mean credit yes absolutely credit to the shows that could do that and the quality was still there a lot of times the quality is lost across all of those episodes Mm kind of like what you're saying or what you said was that you know even your favorite shows i'm sure they might be longer seasons and that's why you kind of tune out of a couple because you run out of juice so i'll I'll give uh, always sunny some credit because again they were one of the first probably like them and like curbed your enthusiasm where they were comedies that shortened the length of their seasons but the quality was so much better because they weren't stretching themselves for storylines throughout the season um i will say out of those other shows that i listed too atlanta is really great uh with that's donald glover's show he does an amazing job um I, you probably would hate it, but I, the show Dave, yeah. the season, I watched season one this year. It was a new show this year. What's Dave? Loved Dave? it. It's hysterical. Dave is about, I wonder how I can sell this to you. I don't <laughs> think there's going to be a way. Dave is about a white rapper who is okay. making his way in the industry. And it's based off of, an actual rapper Vanilla Ice. who plays he basically plays himself and he writes the show and it's based off of a, his name is Lil Dicky okay and the the pun is intended in his yeah. rap name oh and he's like God. humorous but he's also like trying to get people to take him seriously and not just be like he doesn't want to be seen as like Lonely Island or Weird Al or anything like that because he's actually very talented at rapping. Um, anyways, it's an outrageous show, but it's also hysterical. It's so good. Um, Interesting. I've heard great things about What We Do in the Shadows, which is I a remake well. of the movie. It's supposed yeah. to be really good. That's a show that I intend to watch. Um, Mayans is ba- is the spinoff of Sons of An- Anarchy. I haven't right. watched that. Um, and then, yeah, like like you said, Archer just crushes it. Crushes um, it every season. There's a couple of uh, FX on Hulu exclusives that are returning. So these are the shows that they don't show up on the FX channel, but they are 
developed and made by FX and they come on on Hulu um, okay. called Teacher Devs and Mrs. America. I don't know what a teacher is. I've uh, aside like you're a teacher, but I mean the show. Um, <laughs> right. Devs, I watched like two episodes of and I was just I couldn't do it. And do it. Mrs. America, I've heard really good things about that show as well. I think Kate Blanchett is the star in that one. Um, but I don't really know much about it. Um, but I've heard really good things. Kate Blanchett is really good. Like I, we can skip it, but I'll say this, like Kate Blanchett. Oh yeah. Makes choices as an actress. Yeah. She does good stuff. It's not surprising that it's very, you know, critically acclaimed. Yeah. Well, Um, for the new shows coming, what you um, got, we have the old man, which is a former intelligence officer living off the radar, finds himself targeted for assassination and is forced back into the world that he left behind, starring Jeff Bridges. Okay, here's my issue. I adore Jeff Bridges. I'm a huge Big Lebowski fan. I go way back. Also get well soon, Jeff Bridges. Also get well soon, Jeff Bridges. Um, Huge Jeff Bridges fan, but he has really thrown himself into the cowboy milieu and Mm -hmm. he's stopped enunciating his words. Did he ever really do that that much though? He, he, he really leans into it. Like the not pronouncing words when he's playing a cowboy like character. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Because so like if it's not that, then I will watch this. Like I will roll with it. If it's if it's he's going to be like a grizzled old mushmouth mumbly guy. Oh, I'm see, gonna. That's I, kind of like my know. favorite. Jeff. That's your favorite Jeff Bridges. He's that's great. That's have great you ever seen Jeff have you Bridges? Ever seen, um, is it Blown Away or Blowout? No, not Blowout. That's the Travolta one. I think it's Blown Away. I will double check. It's Jeff Bridges. It's Tommy Lee Jones. It's the IRA. Like it's back in the nineties where yeah, the blown Irish away you know, is blown away. Title. And Forrest Whitaker. I've not seen it. He plays an American cop. Essentially. I think he works for the feds, but long story short, he's like, Oh, hold on! You're like a little choppy. Yep. I lost you a little bit. Okay, I think I think we're back now. I, I missed the chunk of that. We're back. Sorry. I was just saying some... I want that Jeff Bridges. He spoke words in that movie. Okay, we, some technical difficulties. That's Apologies on our end, but um, word. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna at least check out the first episode that's interesting to me um we're also getting american horror stories not american horror story um from the creator Uh, it's an anthology series um the creator ryan murphy said uh quote we are doing 16 one-hour standalone episodes delving into horror myths legends and lore many of these episodes will feature american horror story stars that you know and love more to follow I am against it for the following reasons. If you're going to do this, just reboot Tales from the Crypt. 
Like the whole point of American Horror Story is there's some kind of arc that carries you through a season. Each season is different, but you know, you get the same players and some, some surprise guests. But if you're going to do standalone one hour episodes, that's literally the formula created by Tales from the Crypt, um, which ran for, I think, seven seasons. Like, bring it back. We're rebooting everything. Why not reboot that? That would be an awesome return to form. You'd, you'd employ not just actor actors, but voice actors, someone to do the Crypt Keeper as well. You'd have that whole intro, which would be awesome. It, it had an amazing soundtrack. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be against this because I'd rather see, like, I feel like this is going to take all the, the glory and the wind out of the Tales from the Crypt sales, and I'd rather see Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I'm out on this. I made the mistake of, <laughs> I, I remember I was in college rooming with my good friend, Andy Park, oh, and yes. He was home for the weekend. Right. And I made the wise choice. There was a new show that came out called American Horror Story that was getting good reviews. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And I watched the first episode. And it was terrifying. Well, yes. And Filled like, it, yeah, it, it, was, it was terrifying. And then I had to be alone in the dorm room for the night. <laughs> And that right. didn't go well because I was just like awake the the rest of the night because it, yeah. uh, I was still scarred from what I had just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm out on it. Anyways, right. moving on. Reservation Dogs brought to us by Taika Watiti and a relative newcomer, Sterling Harjo, who's a Native American who also directed the pilot episode. Reservation Dogs is a new half-hour comedy that is a coming-of-age story about four Native American teenagers growing up on a reservation in eastern Oklahoma who spend their days committing crimes, dot, 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 and fighting it. This, like, uh, this sounds right up Taika's alley. So mm-hmm. for that... I'll say I'll tune in to see what the deal is with this. I will go with you on that for the sake of Taika, who's done an amazing job, but this concept is peculiar. So I I think I'm going to have to revisit this after the pilot episode. Yep. Um, Why the last man? That's the letter Y, the last man. Um, Like Y chromosome. Interesting. Yes. Uh, that's actually what it represents because oh. it uh, shows a post-apocalyptic world in which a cataclysmic event decimates every mammal with a Y chromosome, but except for one man and his pet monkey. The series follows the survivors in this new world as they struggle with their efforts to restore what was once lost or what was lost and the opportunity to build something better. Um, Why the last man is based off of the acclaimed graphic novel uh, of the same name. And it stars the, the most well-known person in it um, is Diane Lane. No, I don't need any of it. I no, will say you know. I, I've actually read this 
Yeah. And it's real the the series was really really good. I read it like it was I think again college I think for whatever reason like the first issue was assigned yeah or something or maybe like the first of the graphic novels was assigned to us in one of my literature classes and it was really good so I I I think I read the majority of the series because of that um and it was really good series but I, I, hopefully with the quality that you get from FX shows, I would probably put FX shows just under HBO shows as far as just the quality of work that you get from those. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's really good. Um, so I'm, I'm going to watch it just because I'm familiar with the, the original material. All right, okay. And I'll, and I'll allow you to try and sell me on it once it's out. And this was ri- the um, the writer is, of the series is Brian K. Vaughn, um, who just reading in my notes, he has written a lot of award-winning comic book series. Um, Why the Last Man, he wrote Saga, um, to, uh, a bunch of other stuff that have won awards that are apparently really good. Um, right. So, continuing. Continuing. So there's a show called Shogun, which uh-huh. is described as Game of Thrones in feudal Japan. Um, right. The synopsis is that it follows the collision of two ambitious men from different worlds and a mysterious female samurai, um, John Blackthorne, a risk-taking English sailor who ends up shipwrecked in Japan, a land whose unfamiliar culture will ultimately redefine him. Lord Turanaga, a shrewd, powerful dy- dynamo at odds with his own dangerous political rivals, and Lady Mariko, a woman with invaluable skills but dishonorable family ties who yes. must prove her value and allegiance. Dynamo, historical figure. I actually teach that um, from feudal Japan. I'm interested. Oh, it's, it's Daimo. Daimo. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. They're like, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, um, warlords, but essentially like the, the leaders of a region. Yeah. And they like really hyped this show up during the presentation too. Shogun was a thing. Right. It was a show, right. Or something or a movie. And it was so back in the day, back in the day, it was so prominent. It was one of the influences of, kill bill and it actually made it into kill bill volume two because quentin tarantino put it in there um and there's a whole conversation about it about the shogun and and yeah. the warrior and all that so i'm gonna a because i'm a huge tarantino fan b because i like revisiting influential material like let's not reboot everything but if something definitely had an impact on a time and place like kane and kung fu another thing that showed up in uh tarantino films like if you have an impact i'm willing to give it a shot so I'm, i think i might check this out yeah i'm gonna check it out too it sounds interesting especially like uh, listen we're gonna get a lot in the next couple years of this is game of thrones in yes. this world just because of how popular game of thrones was um True. so you know hopefully that's not a deterrent i think that's like you know similar to how maybe five, 10 years ago, we were getting 
a lot of the um, anti-hero TV shows with the right. success of Breaking Bad and Mad Men and shows like that, then all of a sudden all we got were anti-hero shows. So now it seems like this is going to be the new trend is we're going to get Game of Thrones type shows. Right. Um, but I'm going to watch it. Lastly, for FX, we are getting an alien TV series. Yeah. Helmed by Noah Hawley, who does the Fargo and Legion TV series, okay. and with Ridley Scott, also as a producer, the show, all, the only information we have is that the show is going to be set on Earth and that it's going to blend the original horror from the first Alien movie and right. the action from the sequel Aliens. Well, I'll tell you. I like this idea. I, I like Ridley Scott coming back to even be a producer. Obviously, Alien 1, he, I, you know, I just talked about having such an impact on a time and place in history. Um, Alien is, is a big deal. Um, and Aliens is one of the few examples where a sequel is equal to the original. Right. You know, like maybe Godfather and Godfather 2. Like there's very few times where adding a number to something where you know sequelizing something is equally as good that was one of them so if you're taking elements from both of those things then it works um but like i just like i'm i want to know about timeline is this before is this after is this what yeah is this in the world of the alien versus predator movies because like no um I'm curious to set this on earth. I'm curious because no matter what it was futuristic, like even if it's in the time of alien in the first 1970s movie, it was set in the future. Aliens was obviously very in the very future. You know, at one point in the sequel in aliens, she's on a base like, right. And then they convince her to go back out after the aliens. And all the stuff in there was the, the 80s version of futuristic. So if they're just going to give me modern day Jersey with aliens, I'm good. Like we, we, I've, yeah. there's enough of that. But if you're going to give me the future or your version of the future and, you know, LV426, the planet that they were on, somehow they got off the planet, got back to earth or I don't know what I'm in. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in this as as well as long as it's not like kind of like what we were getting with Prometheus and things like that although I yeah. think like for with all the recent alien stuff Ridley Scott has but hasn't been involved and like all this stuff so if he's actually involved then sure I'm going to give this a shot. Word. That does it for part 1 of our Disney Investor Day mega episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a nice review from wherever you're listening. Don't forget, we have three more parts getting into more Star Wars, Disney, Pixar, and Marvel info. Next up on part two is our full breakdown of all the Star Wars and Lucasfilm announcements. Stream on.